Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Denise Huffman, Director of Medical Revenue Cycle at Hennepin Healthcare. Denise, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited for our discussion. I know there's a lot happening in uh, the revenue cycle space. It's an incredibly important space for any healthcare organization. Uh, But before we dive into my questions, I wanted to learn a little bit more about you and your background. So could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about uh, what brought you here? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, So Denise Huffman, Director of the Middle Revenue Cycle here at Hennepin Healthcare, uh, located in downtown Minneapolis. I've got a bachelor's degree in communications. I'm a certified professional coder, and I also will be graduating with my master's degree uh, in health information management here um, from the College of St. Scholastica in July. So I'm very excited about that. So as the middle revenue cycle here, I oversee all of our coding departments. We've got uh, PB coding, HB outpatient, HB inpatient, um, our CDI program, provider education, revenue integrity, and HIM operations. So I have a really big team, um, and my journey at Hennepin has been very interesting. Um, I actually started my career here back in 2014 as a professional coder, um, and just with experience and education and knowledge, just was able to work my way into some different support roles until I really found my passion in leadership. Um, so I spent several years serving in, in leadership on the profi side. Um, before I was able to step into this director role and really expand my knowledge and and reach um, across multiple different departments. So it's been a good journey so far. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited to hear that. Congratulations on uh, having your master's degree. I, I know it's still upcoming in July, but what a great accomplishment and certainly something that'll be so helpful for you uh, building your career going forward. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Now, what are some of the big opportunities that you're seeing as director of the middle revenue cycle? Where do you see a lot of your focus happening right now? And then what are the headwinds you have your eye on? Um, yeah, there's there's a variety of different pressures, you know, making some of our initiatives and growth opportunities more challenging. Um, as you know, many hospitals are reporting the constant struggles with volumes, you know, getting back to um, pre-pandemic volumes staffing challenges, um, the payer complexities and barriers that we have, you know, causing denials and just additional burden to the system. So I think those those headwinds on top of regu- regulatory changes, um, they just add to the level of stress on the system. So we're, we're really focusing a lot on being creative in how we approach the revenue cycle. And I think we kind of address this in some of the Uh, the other questions that we have coming up, but really staying focused on how can we be proactive in our activities and make sure that we are ahead of some of these changes and challenges or at least aligned with them. You know, if we can't get ahead of them, how do we stay in line with them? You know, additionally, we've got price transparency, information blocking, um, and now we've got the end of the PHE that's, that's coming up this week. So just lots of challenges and areas of opportunity that we're staying focused on. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. And like you said, so much happening um, right now and converging in healthcare, and especially too, when you think about that PHE ending and um, what that means for hospitals and health systems, you know, how have your teams been preparing for that on the revenue cycle side? And, you know, what do you see as being important for you to uh, keep your eye on as we move into this next phase of whatever that looks like um, as the pandemic wanes down? Yeah, it's definitely, it's been a challenge for sure, but I think it's being in lockstep with our compliance team um, and really keeping a pulse on all of the regulatory guidance and changes that are coming out. Um, It seems like things change almost on a weekly basis, just like when the pandemic hit. Um, So we're really trying to keep a close eye on, on all of the changes and make sure that we've got a good handle on what we did implement what changes we we did implement um, so that we can back certain things out as needed. So we've we've been working really closely with leaders across our entire organization and teams to, um, you know, have a good plan for uh, executing those changes that need to happen um, and really deciding what, what things are important for us to keep doing and continue doing and what things do we feel that we need to you know, just kind of let go of and, and move in a different direction. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's really helpful to think through. Now, I know overall revenue cycle obviously has a huge impact on the organization to really make sure things go from the financial perspective. Um, but as we look into the future, how are you thinking about growth and development? What does adding value look like for the revenue cycle one, two years down the line? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, right now, I'm, I think I'm really focused on this as, as are many others in the industry of how we can leverage technology, um, not only to impact efficiency and workflows, but also to stay focused on impacting quality. So at Hennepin, I feel like we're really, we're positioned nicely in terms of being able to implement different technology and newer technology. Um, so for me, you know, my vision over the next two to five years is really to focus on how we can enhance the skills and expertise of of our HIM professionals so that they can take on more quality focused tasks, uh, you know, whether that's within the CDI space, inpatient and outpatient, um, or other areas and really move towards more of a proactive quality approach. Um, you know, our current model of revenue cycle is very reactive. We, we review documentation and charges after they've been submitted um, we send retroactive queries, right, to recover missing information or charges. Uh, we work denials on the back end after many, you know, many people have already touched those accounts. So, you know, in the end, we're really just receiving a fraction of payment, if any, if anything, um, because of the manual processes that are in place. So my focus is really on enhancing, enhancing our revenue cycle processes with technology so that we can free up our professionals to focus on more impactful things um, like improving documentation quality upfront, charging processes, you know, quality and value-based care work, risk adjustment, um, supporting our providers. So my, uh, my focus has really been on how can we become more proactive and less reactive. Absolutely. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's just really fascinating to see that transition. And I can imagine, you know, the technology aspect of it is one side, but then, you know, what it takes from a cultural side to, to really become more proactive versus the uh, reactionary uh, 
space that you had been in before, I can imagine that's a big change for the team as well. Yeah, definitely. It's it's all about change management and building trust and, you know, getting people to understand and see the vision. Um, because the goal is is not to, you know, technology can be scary. It can be scary because it feels like we're replacing, you know, human jobs. And in a sense, we, we are, but I see it more as enhancing these processes. We still need people and really allocating resources in different spaces so that we can keep up with the changes in healthcare that are coming. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it is really, it seems like a great way to approach things. Now, I know with the changes in healthcare plus everything we've just been through, um, you know, really the resources that any organization and health system have are, are pretty scarce and precious. So from your perspective, what is an investment or, or risk that's still worth taking this year, even as a lot of health systems are facing financial challenges and, and inflation and, uh, you know, workforce issues? Where do you really see as being areas that you can't uh, uh, put the brakes on even during some of these challenging times? I think there's a couple areas. Um, you know, I, I think technology, we can't, we can't put the brakes on the technology piece and the software. Um, you know, I think we have to tread carefully. There are so many options out there and there's, there's a lot of growing technology right now. Um, you know, AI is really moving forward and uh, coming to the forefront right now. But I do think we have to tread lightly and be careful. Um, you know, make sure you vet systems diligently before you just move to implement um, because they can be expensive and they can have, they can have, you know, lasting impacts if they're not implemented correctly or they're not the right fit for your system. Um, but overall, I think technology is something we can't put the brakes on. We have to keep moving forward. Otherwise, we're going to fall behind, right? So I think overall technology is something we have to keep moving towards. And then also, I think even from a registration and authorization perspective, if we think about the front end of the rev cycle, you know, we've got real high denial rates. And I think that's, again, something that's consistently being reported for front-end processes or front-end errors related to registration and or authorization. So, um, you know, imp implementing modules, whether it's within your EHR like Epic or other software to, to do what we can to increase that technology and automation and, and validation on the front end um, for registration can have major impacts on our patients ultimately, um, but also the entire health system. So I think that is that is another area that is critical that we stay focused on. Um, how can we improve the front end process and decrease those registration and authorization errors? Absolutely, I, I love that. I think that sounds like a, a really a way to be impactful and just grow and develop, um, you know, the organization and get into a really great spot. So, um, thank you so much for for talking through that. And and two, and looking at the technology, it, it can really, um, like you said, artificial intelligence is moving so quickly, and certainly you don't want to fall behind um, as the trends move forward. So it's great to hear. Now, I wanted to look ahead for just one more moment as well. What do you see as being some of the best opportunities for growth and development in the future? Where else do you see revenue cycle headed? Um, so again, you know, kind of sticking on this technology and software uh, topic, I, I think that there's so much opportunity even in the provider space that we haven't fully tapped into yet, um, at least in our organization um, and many of our surrounding organizations, I don't think have, have really tapped too far into, you know, how can we leverage 
systems and software and technology to support the provider workflows. Um, so some of the things that I'm thinking about are um, an outpatient CDI program, which we do not have today. Um, we have an inpatient program, but I think as we look ahead at you know value-based care and payment models and uh, government audits, you know, coming back into full force and constantly changing regulatory requirements, it, it's going to be really important to make sure that our medical records are solid, that they're compliant, and I think. On top of that, finding new creative ways to support our providers. You know, our providers are tired, they're burnt out, they have, they have so many documentation burdens and, and billing and compliance burdens that they're faced with. So how can we leverage technology to support their workflows so that they can spend more time with our patients and less time focusing on all of these more administrative documentation burdens? So. You know, I think there's a lot of really great tools out there right now on the market that are, you know, starting to gain some traction. And I'm excited to see where that goes, you know, to be able to use some more real-time uh, AI dictation processes to help providers be able to, you know, focus at looking at their patients, not necessarily looking at their computer. You know, and I, I think that also kind of leads into the responsibility that we all have as leaders in this space to stay focused on how we can impact and promote health equity, you know, and preventive care practices and really moving towards the whole person care that our patients need and our communities need. So again, I think increasing the technology and the support for our providers is really going to be crucial um, as we, you know, move forward as a, as a healthcare industry. Absolutely. I think that's such a great point and, and definitely um, paints a, a picture of what the future could be on a really amazing CL. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Denise. This has been a really fun conversation and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person as well at our Health IT Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event in October. I think there are just so many aspects of what you were talking about here, whether it's the technology, the software, the artificial intelligence coming together and just you know being on the forefront of those discussions is really exciting. Yeah, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it and can't wait to uh, be at the conference in a few months. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.